Trendy is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Trendy, presented by Omaha, the show where we like to explore the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And last week, the best way to wager possibly available was to fade every single pick that you heard on this show. Mark, you Mark, you play a little fantasy football, right? Yeah, of course. Do you find it sweeter when you play games and it's like 140 to 146 and you're like, you had a hell of a performance and sometimes you'll win that and sometimes you lose that? Or do you really like the dirty weeks where it's like you put up 72 points and still somehow win? You win like 72-65. Which one do you prefer? I actually like those dirty weeks because there's been several weeks where I'll score like 100 and something, 40 points, right? And I still lose. But that score I had was higher than anybody else in the league except the person I faced. Yeah. So, like I would have beat literally everybody else in the league except that one person. So give me the dirty ones. That will drive you a little bit crazy. But ultimately, like you want that over time, right? Like you want a team that's capable of putting up sure. 140, then throwing up the 70s, whether you get the dub or the not. But last week against Eddie Spaghetti, I only got three picks right the entire week and still won. Eat that, Eddie. I got that dirty victory. It was really bad. And it all went bad for Eddie on Friday because he made all the picks that would be necessary in order for the college committee to have a really easy job. And that is not how that went. Mark, what did you think? And everybody, this is Mark Gunnels. Mark Gunnels is our guest this week. You guys know the kid from Kansas City. Been on here before, Lemon Pepper Parlay. But Mark, what did you think of the job the committee did in college football? I loved it. I loved it. I know it's going to be controversial. People are going to be mad at me. I do not care. I'm glad they had the guts to not go with the safe pick. And let's just put the undefeated team in there just because they're a power five conference. They went 13-0. and But Player availability is part of their criteria as well. Missing key players. They're not going to have their quarterback one. That is not the same team. And here's how I look at it. If they had their current quarterback situation all year, are they still 13-0? Probably well, not. <laughs> well, I don't know. But, like, all right, I'm, I'm completely on the other side of this. Like, why even kick the ball off? Why even have the season? If we're going to ignore somebody who goes 13 and 0 in favor of teams that lost games, like well, how do you actually tell these kids that their games matter if they can win every single one of them, have a really hard schedule, and still not get to compete for the title? Like I, I think it's outrageous. I, just, I I had a big discussion with Eddie about college football last Wednesday, and like this just like leads to the clown show aspect of it. Like, if figure skating could figure out a way to not have judges. They would not have judges. Why do we still have this committee that can make such an atrocious decision and pretend this sport is based on merit and who's actually going to be uh, who earned their way in over a 13 game season where they took zero losses? I think it's ridiculous. Well, here's the thing. I know I'm not people that, that are on your side. I, I, I do. I can't see both sides of the scenario. I really do. And it's it really is unfair to those other kids. It truly is. And I, I concede that. But at the end of the day, they want to get the best four teams out there. And I don't think with their current quarterback situation, we saw them struggle against Louisville. I don't think that team right now is better than Alabama when they just beat the best team in the country, quote unquote, in Georgia, who hasn't lost in two years. Yeah, but- well, 
Well, but let's do worry the, about this next year, right? Because it's going to be 12 teams moving Let's forward. do the Alabama Invitational. You always talk about the Arrowhead Invitational. Like, in August, say, hey, the four best teams are Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. So that's just what it's going to be in January. We don't even need to know. Because what we're trying to do is figure out the four best teams. We already know them. We know them entering the season. If you can't earn your way into that, I, just, I think the whole thing is moot. Uh, all right, well... I, I did enough college football last week, and I, I really do think it's crazy. I can't really even watch the sport anymore. But I can watch Sunday Night Football, kid from Kansas City. So I'm going to go ahead and clear out. I'm sure you and Mark are going to – I'm sorry, you and Martin are going to go back and forth on this on Lemon Pepper. But how were you feeling last night watching that fourth quarter unwind? Um, It was annoying. I'm, I'm not as upset as you may have think after that game. Um. The Packers have been playing really good football lately. I had a weird feeling it's going to be closer than people thought. And into that game, they've coming off two straight wins. They beat Detroit last week on Thanksgiving. So innocent Lambeau, Patrick Mahomes' first game there. I knew it was going to be an electric atmosphere for Sunday night football. But it was just more annoying than anything. I mean, I thought the offense actually played pretty good. But when they get in the red zone, for some reason, they, they forget how to play offense. Uh, I had to set up for two field goals early. Uh, the defense had their worst game of the season, but I got to give them grace. I mean, they haven't allowed more than 24 points all year until last night. So they've been balling out. They were due for a quote-unquote bad game. And then you had the injuries going on. So it was just one of those weird games. The Packers look like they're going to be a playoff team now, man. Jordan Love is starting to play really good. As you know, I was high on Jordan Love before the year. Uh, the mm-hmm. first Future Hall of Famer. The first several weeks did not do me any justice, but he's looking like the guy that I thought he would be now over the past three weeks. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's unfortunate. Now you don't have control of your own destiny for the one seed, but you still own all the tiebreakers over the three teams ahead of you. Talking about the Jaguars, Ravens, and the Dolphins. And if you look at those teams' remaining schedules, I find it hard to believe all three of those teams are going to win out. So you need those three teams to at least lose one more time but you probably have to win out. And you have Buffalo Bills come into Kansas City this week, which is going to be a tough game because they're going to be very, very desperate. But after that, your schedule is very light. You play the Patriots, the Raiders, uh, the and the Chargers. And it's one more team I'm forgetting that's not good. But you could very well win out if you win this Buffalo game. So I think the one seed is still on the table, which ultimately is all I really care about because the AFC is not that impressive. I mean, who in the AFC do you have real confidence in? You could say... Is going to the Super Bowl this year. Baltimore without Mark Andrews? No, I still I still have the most confidence in the Chiefs just yeah. because I've taken the whole body of work and not just what I saw last night. And so, like, two quick things. Like, Jordan Love giving as much love as he's getting this morning and for beating the Chiefs. Like, I, I totally get that. But in watching the games, like, that lollipop he threw up that somehow threw, fell into, like, the phantom zone where nobody was defending. Like, no, everybody on that replay looks like they're tracking the ball. And they're watching it, but no one moves towards it. It's super weird. It almost has like helmet catch vibes. And the fact that that was what I, the play that ultimately defeated the Chiefs and this was leading to him getting so much attention today, like this feels off to me. That wasn't an amazing player throw. It was a fluke. Um, and then secondarily, I'd like to congratulate you, Mark, for being the only Kansas City Chiefs fan in America to give two minutes on last night's game without saying the word reps or pass interference. So you really didn't stand up and want to like throw your phone or get on X and vent about the zebras after they had no call at the end of that game? I mean, I was obviously upset, but it's kind of hard to be when I feel like we shouldn't even been in that situation. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of weird stuff that happened before that. 
Um, obviously, I think that that call on Patrick Mahomes was not correct. He was still in bounds. So we yeah. shouldn't even have the 15 yards there. But it did offset each other because Pacheco gave the 15 yards back when he punched the guy and got ejected. Yeah. So it kind of offset each other. So I was actually kind of happy in a way because I didn't want to have to hear the excuses of, oh, the league is rigged for the Chiefs. So I was like, okay, everything's balanced out now because you got the 15 yards back. So, I mean, it definitely should have been called, but you still have to get the two-point conversion. If you got the touchdown, that's not a guarantee. We did, you tried one early in the game and you didn't get the two-point conversions. And, you, and if you do get it, you're still going to overtime, most likely. Or they could have time to kick a field goal because there's still like 50 seconds left when that call, no call didn't happen. So if you score too quick, I don't have no confidence that, that we stopping them from getting the field goal range with 40 seconds left. So, I mean, yeah, it should have been called for sure. It was egregious. It was 100% of pass interference, but I still don't think that's why we lost. I don't even think you're paying attention at your day job anymore. You work in a take machine, man. Like you're coming here giving this nuanced, mature viewpoint on pass interference <laughs> and the impact of that game. Like on shows that you're working on, I'm sure they're spitting at the mouth today. They probably should be, but I don't know how you actually solve it, right? Like, I mean, in, in soccer, we have uh, VAR. We have the video assistant referee who comes in and like looks at plays like that and can advise whether they should be overturned or not. Obviously, there's replay in American sports as well, but at some point, it's got to stop. And so, like, you're perfectly fine with that game being partially determined on the most obvious pass interference play I think we've seen in a big spot this year that wasn't called and uh and you're okay with just rolling forward with it because ultimately at the end of the day like would you want more replay would you want more uh second guessing would you want other things to disrupt the flow of the game in order to try to find justice or you think like and it balances out over over the course of time and it's okay the way it is I do think there are certain calls that should be reviewable. Like, I think pass interference is one that should be reviewable. I, I do agree with that. Now, obviously, you're not going to say holding should be that because there could be holding on every single play. So I don't think like yeah. calls like that should be reviewable. But I actually do think pass interference should be. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like in order for it to get it changed, there had to be a significant like lobby for it to be changed. And I don't know who exactly it's coming from. Like the refs aren't going to lobby for more replay. The players and the coaches, I don't think, love being taken out of the rhythm. The fans obviously like get to be outraged, but that ends up kind of going both ways. There's a there's plenty of people in Wisconsin that are super happy that there was no laundry that hit the field on that last night. And then it's like I was thinking about this this morning. The TV networks ultimately at the end of the day also put on pre and post game shows, right? He had halftime shows. And what else is there to talk about? Like we didn't have the refs to kick around a little bit and talk about things that were called and no called. You cut out, you know, a third of the programming on those shows. So I think the way that it is right now, the ecosystem is all like kind of balanced itself out and is okay with it. It's going to take something even far, far, far crazier than this to actually generate the momentum to create a change. Yeah. Like, I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl, right? Everybody was crying about the call on Juju uh, against the Eagles. And that's the biggest stage. And there is still no talk about change from what I can remember as far as reviewing that type of situation, even though that was the correct call, guys. Even James Bradbury admitted it. He was grabbing his jersey. But I digress. Well, Martin's still talking about that NFC Championship game play for the <laughs> oh, well, I, I can't, I can't, I can't blame him for that one. That was, <laughs> yeah. Well, that one, yeah, that one didn't result in like substantial changes to review. I don't think anything possibly will. Anyway, all right. Well, fun chatting about these things. I'm sure we'll continue to talk about them throughout the week. But let's go ahead and give Caesar a little bit of love and come back and play our game.
You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, we are back. And as the defending champ and someone who beat markets first time on the show, I'm going to go ahead and claim honors on this Monday. For our heart category, I am leading off with Jake Browning in one of my favorite bets, which is a quarterback to both throw a pick 
and a TD in the same game. You're getting those together at plus 125. And Jake Browning is in the absolute sweet spot for this bet, Mark. I don't know if he's too terrible yet to deliver on the TD part, but I'm quite sure he's bad enough to put some balls up for grabs. He did the same thing against Pittsburgh just last week in a game in which he wasn't chasing all that hard because it was a very low-scoring tight affair. And against this Jags team on a Monday night in a high-profile spot, if they fall behind a score and they have to throw the ball a lot more in the second and half. I really like him to deliver on both sides of this bet. So getting a plus number feels extra tasty. The fact that he's a little bit unknown makes me feel even happier about it because I think both sides are absolutely in play. And I think I will cash this at the end of the game tonight. Wow. I love that. That's a good one, man. So I'm going to the NBA for mines. How yeah, about let's do this? We didn't have any NBA games yesterday for Sunday, but we got a couple tonight. And I'm going with my guy who Martin gives me pushback on all the time, Zion Williamson. I like his over on points at 24 and a half. They're playing at Sacramento, Toby. You know, this is one of the hardest places to play. And I'm I'm not only am I doing that, I'm taking that with the Pelicans on the money line, winning the game. Wow. Okay. Putting it together. Yeah, Pelicans money line, Zion over 24 and a half. And I get that at plus 305, Toby. Plus that is a hell of a number, Mark. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize you could put them together for that big of a payoff. I like it. But look, the Pelicans have won four of their last five games. They have CJ McCollum back. You know, a guy that I think is a vital part of that roster, probably your third best player behind Zion and Brandon Ingram. His first game back, he looked pretty good. He played 39 minutes in his first game back, so he's not on minutes restriction. So yep. I, I think you're getting them in a good spot here, even though it's in Sacramento. I, I like the way that Zion's playing right now, Brandon Ingram. And like I said, I like the boost of bringing CJ back into the fold. And it's not like the Kings have much rim protection down there. You just got Sabonis. You got to really worry about it. He's not the most fearful guy when you're driving into the lane. So I love Zion to get the points. And I think the Pelicans could sneak out a win there. Well, short of prime shack, like if Zion's actually heading to the, the rack, there's nobody who's rim protection <laughs> yeah, against oh, that yeah. load. Are you, uh, are you so long on the Pelicans that you would take them to win the whole tournament or you just like him against the Kings tonight? I just like them against the Kings tonight. <laughs> there we go. Let's at least set the expectation in the right spot. All right. <laughs> I like that payoff a lot, plus 305. So I'm going to see what else you got cooking. I'm keeping that one in reserve as we play uh, Taylor Fail later. Uh, so I'm going to keep it in the in-season tournament, which, which uh, Mark, I'm really enjoying. So Brett was on us a little bit about this earlier when we were doing our pre-show. Uh, he's has some logistical concerns about it, how it screwed up the season. But overall, the players care. And like – Let's just stop there. The players care. It is competitive basketball during the regular season where you're able to get some of the best out of these athletes where you often have to wait until April or May to see it. And what I really like about it more than anything else, from a gambling perspective, you get some dependability. Like when I'm betting Joel Embiid over on rebounds and I'm watching him like watch the ball hit the floor, just fall into his like teammates' hands who are catching it around his knees on a ball he easily could have grabbed. I'm outraged. I wanted to grab that ball so I can get my double-double bet to hit. Like, that's just not happening in the tournament. Every play seems to be far more intense, particularly now that we're at the elimination stage. So how have you viewed the in-season product or in-season tournament product from a basketball fan's perspective? I mean, I echo your sentiments. I I love it, man. Um, Like you said, these guys care. There's extra money on the line, obviously. So we know these guys love every single penny they can get. And I just think having that element of, 
it's the in-season tournament. You're playing for something, right? I think that kind of gives like a playoff type vibe for the first half of the season. And these guys at the end of the day, they're still competitors. They still got pride. So I think when you get out there and your opponent's giving it your all, they're all, and you're like, oh, this isn't like your normal November, December game. Like these guys are kind of running a little faster than normal. I got to get on my stuff here. So yeah. I, I think it just sets the tone, right? I mean, like you're seeing like LeBron, right? The Lakers are undefeated in the in-season tournament. So if you got a guy like the oldest guy in the league and, and his team is giving it their all, who are you not to? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I really like the Lakers to win this tournament because how many of these is LeBron going to play in? Right. Like he wants to look at his legacy. He wants to look at his arguments of being the best player ever. And yes, he's never going to be six and zero in the finals like MJ. But winning the inaugural in-season tournament is certainly a feather in the cap that goes into that argument if you're on the pro LeBron side. And by the way, I don't know if Jordan would have ever lost one of these things because he was so maniacally competitive. So I think I think it's awesome. And I think that it really benefits a guy like Jalen Brunson who is super competitive, has been overlooked for a lot of his career. This is a chance for him to shine in the national spotlight. And he's on a team that is probably a decade or more away from actually competing for a title unless they finally land like a Joel Embiid in free agency because that current iteration is not going to get it done. So this is the biggest stage that he'll actually have a chance to like really put his stamp on. And so yep. my head pick tonight is him going over on the 24.5, not just because of the feelings that I'm laying out right there, but also because the Buck cannot defend against a high echelon point guards who like to score the rock. They are bottom five in keeping point guards off the score sheet, and the very best in the league are feasting on them. Murray and Young for the Hawks both went for 30 the other night. Kyrie dropped 39. Luka dropped 35. Lamelo dropped 37. And Brunson himself put 45 of them, 45 on them in the previous tourney matchup in the opening rounds of pool play. So just at 24.5, I know I got to pay a little bit of juice on that, but the juice isn't anywhere near enough for me to keep away from my bet sheet tonight nice nice for my head i'm going to monday night football i'm taking the jags minus the 10 against the Bengals without joe burrow the jags are eight and three against the spread this year while the Bengals are only four six and one against the spread and i'm pairing that with evan ingram over on receptions right now it's at four and a half i love that number he's cleared this in six and no, I'm sorry, in eight of his last 11 games. And check this out, Toby. The Bengals are allowing the second most receptions to tight ends in the league and the second most yardage to tight ends in the league. So they cannot defend the tight end at all. So I love these two together, and I'm getting it at plus 250. Penn's a big number, but plus so is plus 250. So I like the adjustment in order to get, you know, kind of pay off for that risk. It is Jake Browning, so I don't we haven't seen what kind of a backdoor man he is, if he's got some Kirk Cousins in him or not, and can go ahead and get that garbage time score to ruin your night. But putting it with Ingram, I think, makes a ton of sense. Get it uh, the payoff commensurate with the risk. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch that one just because of the Browning factor. And I don't know if uh if he can, you know, kind of cover that one late, but I like the adjustment rather than taking it straight. Uh on the heater section, Mark. Uh, we are going to be on exact opposite sides of this one, which I am excited about. I, for my heater this week, am playing in-season tournament unders. And my rationale for that, I believe you're playing in-season tournament overs. So my rationale for it is that um, 
in concentrated action like this, they're the only games on the Monday night and the Tuesday night slate in the NBA. People prefer to bet overs, which is going to have an effect to possibly bump that number up a point or two above where it actually can be. And if the players really care, and that's what we both love about this tournament, where that shows up is on the defensive side and the pace. So if they, we're going to see some more hardcore defensive actions and a little bit slower pace as the game tightens up, like we typically see in the playoffs, a playoff under over under line is not going to look the same as a kind of November regular season over under line. Then I'm going to just blind bet the unders, right? And I think they will adjust the lines appropriately, but I'm still going to say there is value. And I'm starting on the Suns and Lakers game. I'll take Suns and Lakers under 226.5 at minus 110 on Tuesday night, just because I think the king of this is LeBron controlling the pace, slowing it down. Hopefully there'll be a little more defense in that game that we would typically see and then my under cash is early. Yeah, and I, I like your line of thinking, but not enough for me to be on the same side as you. And the reason why I'm taking the overs on this is because, yeah, we both agree that the guys do care 100%, but it's still not to the level of playoff basketball intensity. I think there's still that, that medium there. It's like more than a typical regular season game, but it's still below a playoff game. And I, I think that fine line it still gives me enough confidence to think these guys are still going to run up and down the court, uh, fast pace, get get the threes up, and the guys are still going to be loose enough to where it's not like playoff pressure still. Yeah, but they still care, obviously. But, yeah, I, I, I think the guys will still get up and down the court. Uh, I like this game for the over, the Suns and Lakers in, in particular, because this Suns team, we know they're probably one of the best shot-making teams in the league. You got Kevin Durant. You know, Devin Booker and those guys. And Lakers are bringing some reinforcements back. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's been playing really good offensively lately. Anthony Davis has actually been pretty consistent the last five games or so. So I, I think they'll get after. I think it's going to be a fun, high-scoring game. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Booker and Durant are making shots, like they can neutralize any defense. It doesn't matter what intensity you bring them when they get uh, going like the way they are capable of. So if they get going like that, you know, your best going to cash and mine is cooked. But I think it's going to be really interesting, particularly with Davis showing a little bit of revival. If they get a good uh, game for Davis on the defensive side, then, you know, Booker and Durant can go for 30 apiece and this can still hit the under because nobody else is going to be on the sheet. Uh, All right, finally, last one, Mark. We're going to play our money ball here, and I am playing a little bit of a conservative one because I missed all three of my credibility last week. And so I'm doing something I don't normally do, which is taking a minus 148. I need a slump buster. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going with Jamar Chase on the over 54.5 receiving yards. Some of it is because I think they are going to be pressing a little bit harder than they had to against the Steelers last week, but he even went for 81 against them. Uh, And what often happens when a backup quarterback comes in this way is they look the stars way more often than normal because they think that that guy can make a play for them when otherwise they're not comfortable throwing into tight windows or or making, you know, that third read. They just want to go with their primary read, which is often for the number one guy. Plus, Jacksonville has been really soft against number ones this year. Uh, 54.5 is a low number, I admit, for a receiving total for a number one. And so uh, against Jacksonville, wide receiver ones have cleared this mark in 10 of 11 games for Jacksonville this year. They don't have that shutdown corner. They don't have the guy who's going to take away one half of the field. So when you marry opportunity on the backup quarterback side with the defensive scheme that doesn't overly shadow these guys out of the game, I think even at minus 148, it's good value. And I'm going to take it for two units. 
Yeah, um, it's funny. I'm actually kind of going a similar route as you. I'm taking it slower, man. I've learned my lesson from the first time I was on this show. I was being super, super <laughs> wild. I was in Vegas. I was going for the home run, trying to pay rent for the next five years. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I have a different strategy now. Actually, my play is minus 174. I'm, Whoa! I'm eating it, man, because I think this is the lock. I love the over on Joe Mixon receptions at two and a half. Okay. And it's for similar reasons why you like Jamar Chase, the check down. You know, what better guy is there than a running back leaking out to the flat when you're getting yep. pressure from Josh Allen and those Jags defense alignment? You know, he's a safety valve there. You know, the last two games when Jake Browning came in in that Ravens game, Joe Mixon had five catches in that game. Now, last game against Pittsburgh, he only had two. But I, I think now you go back to that. Get the ball out quick. We don't want you holding on to the ball that long, especially against this Jags front. Like I mentioned, Josh Allen's been a terror on the defensive line. He's actually been the best Josh Allen in the league the last couple <laughs> weeks. So I, I think they're going to make sure he gets the ball out quick so he's not holding the ball too long. And I think Joe Mixon's going to benefit a lot from that. Well, you know what? Uh, if you want to reach across the aisle with me and shake my hand and we want to take both of these in a parlay, which is dear to your heart, a parlay <laughs> of uh, mixing at minus 174, two and a half, plus the over on Jamar Chase is paying off right now at plus 190 at Caesars. So if you believe in both of us, take them both. If you only believe in one of us, then pick your side. Uh, so I'm going to pick my side right here with your picks, Mark. I yeah. I do like that mix and pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna combine them in real life, so I don't yeah. want to be uh, inauthentic here on the show. I'm going with that first one, man. I'm going with the Pelicans on that plus three hundred five. Zion over twenty four point five, and the Pelicans on the money line a plus three hundred payoff. Now we're talking. I'm going to cook with you on that one. Are you going to tail or fail any of my bets? Yeah, actually, um, ironically, I'm telling your first one as well. Yeah. I like that Jake Browning over uh, get a touchdown pass and a throw a pick for plus 125. I think that's really, really good value, man. I, I think it's more likely he throws a pick maybe just because this is what is his first real starting road game because he came in in that Ravens game, but it was in the middle of the yeah, game. He, play, he so, had 26 attempts for the Steelers last week, so he put yeah. the ball in the air a little bit last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I could see a world where obviously I have the Jags minus 10, so I'm thinking they're going to be playing from behind which means he's going to be having to throw the ball a lot more, which obviously means more chances for picks. And I mean, yeah. defensive line, they really get after it. So I can see a situation where that he rushes him, rushes himself a little bit. And then, you know, tip ball or something gets something weird happens and they get an interception and he should throw at least one touchdown. Right. I mean, I know they don't have Joe Burrow. They still have the best receiving core in the league. You still yep. got March chase T Higgins and Tyler Boyd all playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So yep. he, he should throw at least one touchdown. So I like that a lot. Well, you said last time you came on the show, you're out in Vegas trying to pay your mortgage on those crazy picks you're giving out. I basically been paying my mortgage on Josh Allen on this bet. So it's one of my favorites, and he's been killing it for me. I like to extend it to other quarterbacks. One Go one-on-one, one, you almost always get plus money, and there's so yeah. much of it in the league right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was fun, Mark. I wish you the worst of luck with it. Let's go ahead and take our second break, come back with our second guest express, and get out of here. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Okay, Mark, I went first and I took honors away from you on Monday. Let's see if you can win them back for Wednesday, but I will let you go first on your second guest express. Which one were you thinking about giving out? Decided against it, which go ahead and makes it a lock tonight. Yeah, so all the numbers suggest I should do this, but I'm still scared for some reason, Toby. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're playing the Boston Celtics, and that's why. And I just mm-hmm. honor that team so much. But still, the numbers say I should still do this play. And the play is... If you don't know, the Pacers are playing the Boston Celtics. And I should do Miles Turner over on rebounds at eight and a half. He's cleared this number in four of his last six games. And that Boston Celtics team is not the biggest team inside. And not the most physical at all. So he should definitely get nine or more rebounds tonight. And I should pair that with the Pacers covering the spread at, at plus five. Listen to this, Toby. The Pacers are 10 and eight against the spread. You know, less than half the league is over 500 against the spread. And the Pacers are one of those teams. And check this out. The Celtics are 8-10-1 against the spread. So yeah. I should totally do it, but I'm just scared. Well, uh, backing that play as well as Porzingis got ruled out for tonight. So you, the mm-hmm. Celtics are even smaller inside than normal, which is going to open up a whole lot of space into that rim. Uh, you mentioned them earlier when I followed you on the Pelicans. Your reasons were CJ McCollum's back kind of quietly. They had another big player come back and Trey Murphy, and he's over 10.5 points tonight. That's going to be my second guess express. He was a really important player for the Pelicans last year. Kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle, but he went over 10 pretty easily in 19 of the last 20 games. He had a lot of like 20, 30 point games. He was getting a lot of run. He had 18 in his first game back and he looked really smooth. The Kings are bottom 10 in points conceded in the league, as you've already called that out, as the Pelicans look to push it on them tonight. Uh, I think the only risk here is how much they want to push Trey in his comeback. He played 22 minutes the first time out, but if they ease that into 25 to 30 minutes with the way he shoots the rock and the opportunities available against the Kings, I think he'll sail past 10 and a half, and you're getting it at minus 106. Wahoo wah, Trey Murphy, take that tonight. I'm going to take it because now it's definitely going to hit, right? It's exactly. I actually, I I earned more on my second guest express last week than all the picks I gave out of the show. That's how, wow. that's how last week went for me. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons minus two was the gift of the century. And somehow I, I still like didn't I'm, put it in my picks. I'm catching you at a bad time. I should have got you last week. You definitely should have got me last week. Everybody <laughs> should have got me last week. Grind, grinding out that dirty win. Uh, All right, Mark. So let's see who gets the dirty win this week or if we're going to play a game in the 20s, which I prefer to do, make everybody a little bit of money. But in the meantime, you're recording tomorrow with Martin, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tomorrow we'll be recording once again another episode of Lemon Pepper Parlay. I'm sure he's going to 
give me some hell for my Kansas City Chiefs taking a Sunday night loss, and he had us covering the spread. So did I. I think everybody on the team did except one person. I can't remember who picked the Packers, but it was I think it was one person that had the Packers covering. I had the Chiefs, certainly wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, rough, rough game for that for that one on the staff for sure. But I can't wait to get him ranting about the Saints again. I mean, hey, they almost came back and won though. Actually, they were down twenty-one to nothing in that game and made it closer than expected. But big picture wise, Derek Carr hurt with that contract. Martin's going to be really angry. I can't wait to hear that one. That is true. And Martin's always talking about his performance at our staff pool on that show and how he's showing improvement. I mean, the classy move is to not talk about your performance at all. Just like how I don't talk about how I'm whooping all of you guys and I'm first in the the entire staff now. I think I'm like 30 games over 500. That's I don't talk about that because who would? The uh, rest of the network is also going to be live this week. It's going to be really good. we got minus three coming out today. Uh, Mark and I will be back with our second edition on Wednesday. We will have Covered in Glory again this week, talking about the upcoming soccer action. And, of course, the minus three 15-minute pregame show will be coming out on Friday, along with extra points on Wednesday. Check it all out. We are in full flight right now uh, with all the sports that are going on, particularly with the in-season tournament this week. Mark and I are really excited about that. I'm sure we'll be back with a bunch of uh semifinal bets in our Wednesday edition. Until then, Mark, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, man, just thanks for having me once again. I'm excited for this week. Hopefully I can get you last very advantageous. So I'm taking a little slower this time. I think I have a better approach this week and I'm ready to kick your butt, man. Yeah, no, I like that you're learning the game a little bit more. You learned from your mistakes last time. You had a good showing last time. I think you were, what, 15 or 16 units uh, last time. So you get up into the 20s. You got a great chance to win this thing. All right, everyone. Enjoy the in-season tournament over the next couple of days. Enjoy Monday Night Football tonight. We'll be back with you Wednesday. Take care, everyone. 